and welcome to another episode of the Sports Council Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm here with Gav and G for this episode of the show. The 2022 NFL Draft begins this Thursday, and the players that will define the next generation of the league will begin their journey. We unveil our draft expert G's final mock draft of the first round, including shocking trades and a spicy hot take on who's going first overall. Plus, we have more wide receiver drama this offseason, this time from the Bay Area. We discuss Debo Samuel's request for a trade from the 49ers. Today is April 25th, 2022, and this is the 59th episode of the show. Whew, man. It's been We're a back. minute. Yeah, been a yeah. minute. Football season's feeling closer, boys. The draft season, Ooh. I feel like this is one of the first years where I'm like, you know, looking at the draft and it's like going to change my whole franchise. <laughs> really yeah i mean we had been for so long so it's like you know i didn't have to worry about the draft too much you know you just got to worry about the smaller pieces but look i feel like drafting a quarterback is pretty crazy yep, that's exactly how i felt last year actually <laughs> i felt that way too bro oh my god i was down in the dumps but I guess <laughs> we got our guy you know i never had a doubt yeah, never, um, never in my yeah, life. Yeah, we could rewind. Okay, but <laughs> don't insert a clip. Have, <laughs> for the first time, we actually have draft uh, discussions from a year ago that we could literally pull up. Yeah, but we're just not going to do that right now. But we are going to discuss. First of all, we're going to discuss something that's not in the draft, but Bears discussion, obviously. Debo Samuel, the star wide back for the Forty ers requested a trade last week. Um, according to Ian Rappaport, it's not just about money or a contract. Debo was due for a contract extension because he has one year left on his current deal. But apparently it's not just that. He just wanted out and he told the Niners front office not to make an offer. Last season, he had 1,400 yards, six touchdowns, along with 365 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. Ridiculous. And practically the entire 49ers offense to my uh, displeasure and because <laughs> he gets low bottom um, i don't think we did i don't know and i'm not going to speculate for the reason as to debo's situation because i don't really know what's going on there really like because i keep seeing all these things like okay what's the issue right is it because he doesn't want to play wide back anymore and it could be the case but it doesn't seem like he said anything about that and then they said oh he doesn't want to live in california and then he immediately disputed that on his Instagram. So, like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, really just, don't. I think you've seen the clip of him at the club, and then there's, they brought out a thing, and it said, yeah. Debo stay with the Niners, and then he just kind of gives that that little no symbol. And I think that was pretty telling because it's literally him. And it's crazy that he says not to believe the rumors and stuff, but he was the one that was liking pictures of him in a Cowboys jersey. He's literally no one told him to do that. No no yeah. fan was doing that. I was him doing that, you know? I just feel like exactly. that's crazy. So to say for him to like, you know, I mean, obviously publicly, I feel like he's just trying to say that, you know, I support the Niners and stuff like that. But I think it's just a matter of time until he gets traded. I guess he is a diva. It seems to be the case. Um, I'm not going to speculate again, like, because I just think that, you know, because it's hard to like, for me to criticize him if I don't understand what the issue is, right? Because if, yeah, because I don't want to, I don't want to go off on like something like pull on a string that's not there. Right. So it could be that, you know, Debo doesn't want the real reason to be out there because he thinks people are going to criticize him for it or, um, 
he doesn't want it out there because it's none of anyone's business really so it's just how it is and we're just gonna high fuel is basically other than pain and misery which is you know expected the given expected for yeah. the Niners. Uh, <laughs> it's a to curse i tell you <laughs> um but other than that i kind of treat it as the same thing debo is gone we just have to think about you what know, does this to mean him, for the niners it means that we need another wide receiver because if we can't rely on debo at this point to return next season then we're gonna need another player and that's where i want to get into this discussion where you know where should the Niners adequately value Debo if they were to trade him, basically? Uh, oh my God, dude! I think nope. for me, I feel like I think the most realistic landing point would would be the the Jets, right? Would you guys not say so? I feel like because that's exactly what yeah. I said. Yeah. Overhaul on offense, somebody carry them yeah. too. It's because Debo, well, I initially thought the Jets because one, they just traded for Tyree Kill. They tried to trade for Tyree Kill. Two, they have the draft capital that they need. They have two of two picks in the first round in the top 10. Um, not like I don't think that he's going to go for that rate, but it would be nice. But um, as well as the fact that they need a wide receiver, they need someone that Zach Wilson can rely upon, as well as, you know, the history of familiarity between Robert Sala, um, Mike LaFleur, and Debo Samuel, who is, I think Mike LaFleur was the, I want to say run game coordinator or pass game coordinator, either one. He was on Shanahan's staff. He's now the offensive coordinator for the Jets. So he knows how to use Debo. Now, I don't know if Debo has issue with being used in the way that Kyle Shanahan used him. So that's the only thing that I could see being a detractor. Other reason he doesn't want to play for the Jets because they're the Jets. <laughs> no one wants to play. But for if the they Jets. give him the bag, I feel like he. I feel like with the Debo situation, my personal opinion is that he would play wide back or whatever you want him to do if you gave him the appropriate amount of money. I feel like that's what it usually always comes down to. I think and it's I think opposite. He, I, I think, think he doesn't want to play. Uh, I honestly, I think anymore. it's just because the Niners gave him an offer of just a wide receiver. You know, probably which is around twenty million round I'm uh, guessing. Okay. and that's that's a fair for just a running or just a wide receiver you know he put up great stats and i feel like but he did more than just what wide receivers do and i feel like that's what he was trying to get compensated as as the overall weapon you know he was like one of the best in the in the league we have so, to bring christian kirk for this like wide receiver uh <laughs> debacle <Damn it>, bulky <laughs> ruining the niners again seriously you love it i love yeah. to see it Depends though, because I brought this up back when I was talking to Vivek back in February about Debo's contract situation. What I feared about Debo and his eventual contract extension, which I thought was going to be in the bag, but now it's not, is that when you pay a guy like Debo after kind of this breakout season, as well as the fact that you add in the wide back stuff, first of all, it's hard to value, you know, what, how much money you should give additionally for a wide back kind of thing because you don't know how much you're going to use him for as well as the fact that that is not a forgiving position Debo plays hard he plays violent and he's already missed 16 games result, no, dude. yeah he's never completed a full it's season rough to see. Garoppolo has completed a full season by the way on the 49ers oh really gonna, is that a yeah. wow so Debo has never completed a full season granted he's only missed like one game last season so I'm not going to put that too much against him, but the more wear and tear you're going to put on that body, eventually something's going to go down, right? And that's what I was worried about. Like, that's why I wanted Kyle Shanahan to say, you know, 
just limit it a little bit more. Maybe we can get something else. Like you can supplement some of the rushing snaps that Debo does with Ayuk or now we have Trey Lance. He can run a couple of uh, plays, right? So that's what I was worried about. And There's no way I would pay him if I were the Niners. You wouldn't really? pay him? No way. I would not, be- not that much. Not as much as he's asking for, for sure. If he, I think the Niners probably give him an offer around 20, and that's not what he wants, like I said. So uh, there's no way I'm paying him more than that. Because like he doesn't uh, play full seasons. He doesn't – I mean, he, he's in a – what, you think he's going to play a full season next year in his second yes. year as a wideback getting almost, like, what, 15 touches a game? There's no way I'm giving him – you know, Derrick Henry makes, like, 15 million a year. You know that, right? And mm-hmm. there's a reason why. Derrick Henry, that's exactly what I was concerned about because Derrick Henry had two 2,000-yard rushing seasons, right? And then he broke a foot, like he broke his foot. So then, like, eventually, like, and that dude is, you know, he literally defines the word Titan. So if that guy can break down, yeah, it's just, that's what I was concerned about. I would still have paid Debo. I was, I would have paid him around like 20, 23 million maybe. I don't know. Like I'm just ballparking it. I'd give him at least twenty million because you, a talent like Debo, the way he carried that offense with Jimmy, imagine him with Trey. Imagine the versatility you could have brought, right? And then he's only gonna get like he's only gonna like develop more. This is his third year. I think he can keep on, you know, putting up prime numbers as a wide receiver. I'm just worried about how much we're gonna use him as wide back, right? So I hope that Shanahan would ease off a little bit more because then you're paying twenty two million for a guy on the IR. And, you know, you don't want that. So I think that's why the report came out that he didn't want to play wide back anymore. I think it's just to make it a simpler situation going forward for him, you know. Smart I think it's him. great that, yeah, it's just, it, you know, it's smart knowing the team that's trading for you is going to get you as a wide receiver and that anything you do as a running back is going to be extra instead of them having the expectation that you're going to be a wide back going in. And then you get there and telling them you don't want to do that shit no more. You know? Yeah. And I think that at the same time, like, you have to consider the fact that how much of his value was because of wideback and how much of it, I think was, it was because entirely of receiver. because of was a wideback position his dynamic i don't know yeah, he, I mean, had he, like, yeah, he had 1400 yards receiving he had 1400 yards receiving that's worth that's that's, that's because, more than jamar had this year that's because but now was let, on, let me bring up bench. another question though. he was on ice let me bring up another question though how much of his wide receiving potential was because of kyle shanahan and how much of it was because of him that's the other question Right, because once you trade Debo away, Mike Lafleur, he's a Shanahan disciple, and now there's like a thousand different little McVeighs and Shanahan's everywhere. So maybe he can go somewhere that will best <laughs> utilize his strengths. But what are you gonna do? Like, how are you gonna like? You know, is he gonna put up that same production? Just yeah. as a wide receiver. I mean, I guess we'll find out. I think he'll have a great season wherever he goes, but. He probably won't be playing wide back. I, I would guess going forward. Well, if he didn't, if he doesn't want to play wide back, I don't want him. Okay, the Patriots on the Patriots get to play multiple. <laughs> you, yeah, because you need him any. to do everything on your offense. Yeah, exactly. No, you know what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> you already have Devontae Parker. You have no run. We have, have Damon, no wide receivers. You have no running back. We have so Damon you Harris. Know. You guys said top three, right? Running back in the league. The, what top three running back? Who the fuck said that? Damien Harris. Yes, I think we. I don't think that was the case. Uh, well, yeah, somebody think, said not, okay. One of our I think reporters. we said. I think we said Damian Harris was you know a not, top three running back from that Georgia draft the, class. I think. I think. Oh my AFC, god, that's so disrespectful. Remember? Yeah, I think. I think I remember our Twitter. Uh, follow us at Bay Council. 
there was a ranking that had Damian Harris as like the 15th best AFC running back, and that's not the case. That's so. I think he's at least better than like Michael Carter and stuff like that. But Michael so, Carter is yeah. a beast, bro. Well, he's not as good as Damian Harris. Okay, chill out. Michael Carter is gonna be better than bro. All right, well, we don't need that's to talk because about Michael Harris Carter right does more stuff because he needs to carry that trash team, bro. Feels the Debo status. All right, okay, bro. let's let's go back to this. <laughs> a little tangent. I think I think uh, Debo's worth the tenth overall pick, and I want that. Mm. I think that, well, at least as a biased Niners fan, I want the tenth overall pick. But um, if I would have placed a value on Debo, if I knew that I was getting everything that Debo was giving me. But I'd also have to consider the contract. I'd probably place it at a high second this year, and then maybe a first next year. Yeah. That's what I would think. Maybe a top, tr- maybe a twenty to thirty-two pick, right? Number thirty, like mm-hmm. late first round. But that's what I would value it if I was the other team. Because let's look at like Tyreek was traded for a late first, right? Well, I don't know. It was like a mid round first. And then second, fourth, fourth, and sixth in 2023. Devontae was traded for a first and a second round pick. Both of them are late, right? They're in the 20s this year. And those guys are top five wide receivers, what, for the past three years at yeah. least. So And they only play wide receiver, you know? Their value was in wide receiver. So Well, that's the difference, right? Yeah. Because then they got, like, their only value was wide receiver, right? Um, but they also had extensions and stuff like that. But Debo is different because he has more versatility right yeah i'm saying i wouldn't i trade i say hot high second round that's how i'm about to give mm. if that's disrespectful but a bunch of other picks you know no nah, i think you'd have to give a first well that's yes, what the I'd niners that's what the tag is going to be for the niners you know they want a first you don't yeah. think they're going to get a first though i don't think so no dude he i mean if he's because i thought what i was hearing that he's the reason why he wanted out of um, the Niners is because he he didn't want to play the um, wide back anymore, and I feel that's all his value. You know that's what all we saw in um, the playoffs. You know, yeah. straight carrying, him. and that's what they yeah, want from him. I mean, he still had fourteen hundred receiving yards. Wait, okay, yeah. listen, but I'm saying it's bloated because <laughs> Brandon Ayuk Brandon Brandon was what? on ice the entire like the first half. Remember? Who cares, bro? It doesn't matter who yeah, was on ice. Bro. It fed, matters bro. who it has fourteen hundred yards. It was getting force fed, bro. Come on now. I mean, it just shows that Debo can carry that load, though. Right? So when other when Devontae Adams is force fed, what do we, you don't say the same shit about it? Well, that's because I've never once heard. I've never once in my life heard Devontae Adams is force fed. I've never once heard Diop. No, because he fed. wasn't as much as they. That's just the guy bro, that you Kev, want to go to in lethal, like in in like. So so that don't make any but sense. Who else, the, who else the Who Niners gonna go to if they don't go to Debo? They that's exactly what I'm saying. Bro. You're proving my point exactly. They only because had the number Debo. one receiver. No, he's not. No, no, that's, that's not what the number same one thing. receivers do, bro. What, you're crazy, bro. He wasn't even the wide receiver one. It's just that he was the only weird receiver they had. I guess we'll see, man. I don't I know. I'll tell you. But I love Debo. You guys are forgetting. You guys are forgetting George Kittle. Real quick. Oh, I, but whoa. George Kittle is not the number one receiving option in San Francisco. He it's, was until Debo broke. Yeah, out. exactly. Until Debo became the wide receiver one. Yeah. No. But you could argue that. They have we have options. Debo is great. I'm saying he's great. He played like a top five wide receiver last year. I, my only concern, if I was an opposing you know front office, is that is he gonna give me that same production? Because I'm gonna give him a like a huge contract, right? He broke out this year alone. Now I have concerns about what 
why why does he want to leave so if i'm calling john lynch right now right i'm gonna ask him like why why is diva want out is it because he doesn't want to play wide back because if not like then i don't want to trade for him i don't want to trade a first for him right i would trade and, a first for wide receiver Debo. i don't know if i'm crazy for saying that but would you trade high 10? though would you trade yeah, the top yeah i wouldn't though. trade 10 i wouldn't maybe trade 10 but i would trade like 30 20 if i were the steelers Oh, well, that's because you guys are not... Like, no, I'm just saying, like, if I was in the 20s or if I was, like, the Patriots at 19, right? Is that what you guys are at or something? Yeah. I would trade that shit. I, well, that's... And I think, I think I would reject that. Just because it seems like John Lynch just wants to keep Debo. I'm not saying it's a great decision right now because we saw that it's not the best thing to hold on to a guy for too long. Mm-hmm. But, you know... I think that he knows that Debo is too valuable to the team to trade him for a late first because eventually you're going to have to replace him. And I don't think that his value is able to be replaced with just the first round pick. So I think I would reject it and try to wait it out and see what I could do to appease Debo. I'm not saying it's going to work because I don't think it's going to work. I think Debo is way out by now because it just seems like, like, it's crazy how like open he, he is needs, about that. He needs to put out more information why he's leaving, just so teams get to like a feel of what they're getting into, you know. But that's exactly it, right? I don't, I don't know why, but he doesn't want to do that. I don't know. It's not smart. It's not smart. It must be something big. Maybe it must be something. I can't wait to see what the reports come out. Obviously, you know, once he gets traded or whatever ends up happening, is resigned, then everything will come out and yeah. information-wise, and I think it will be very telling. Of how this situation gets handled. It's going to be like he wants to play with Jimmy. And uh, he's mad about them trying to trade Jimmy. <laughs> that'd, be, funny. that'd be hilarious, dude. That would be like out of, <laughs> out of nowhere, dude. Seriously. At that point, I'd just be like, hmm, maybe we should start Jimmy next season. <laughs> you would just keep, would you keep, okay, that's a tough one. Would you keep Jimmy just to keep Debo? No, I can't. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> you got to move forward. You can't keep two guys hostage. Like, you can't keep the entire team hostage over two guys. I'm sorry. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we've exhausted this point enough, but I think, do you expect Debo to get traded um, this week? I think so. I think it'll happen prior to the draft, and I'm guessing the Jets Maybe I'm inclined to say the same. I would hope that it'd be the Patriots that are trading. That's why we loaded up on picks today. You know, we're just gonna throw everything <laughs> out there because I'm saying loaded that- up on picks. Talking about a six <laughs> and a seven. <laughs> okay, listen. Somebody said that it was blockbuster on our, our our Twitter. It is blockbuster. Exactly. So it must be big. You know, Patriots loading up to throw everything. Because I said it before, I say it again. Patriots suck at drafting. I don't care what we do. Get rid of our picks and let's just get proven players. Yeah, fair. I don't think we move because I think we don't have enough information, and I have a feeling that we didn't um, anticipate Debo wanting out. So I don't think that they're ready to. Uh, because once you once you move Debo, you immediately have to get your guy, and I don't know if they have a guy in mind already. Think, so like I you think said, you can't keep him hostage. Yeah. Well, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Matt's, Matt's crying. Matt is crying. I uh, was crying the entire week. <laughs> it's over. All right. So, the NFL draft is finally here. 2022. I did not anticipate trying to learn a lot about the prospects. I will be honest with you on that. 
because the Niners didn't have any first round picks this uh, year. But you know, things happen, things change. Debo wants out, so I did a little bit more research in the last week alone based off that. But G, he's been following the draft uh, very intensely, and he yes, knows yes, all the yes. players, he knows all the picks, he knows all the rumors, so he's going to present to us his ultimate mock draft for the first round, mm-hmm. completely accurate. Nothing will be uh, different. 1.0, all I need is the first mock draft. I won't need seven like Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay. Yeah, you know, I'm better trading. than them. Ooh. They always switching up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and just to preface, you know, I'm not gonna like sit here and tell you I watched the film on every single one of these players. There's no way in hell I have time for that. But <laughs> I did, I you know, I'm not, I did put my due diligence into researching what you know players are, you know, ranked. I did do you know comparisons, everything that you can do without watching film, basically. And I, you know, looked into in other insiders, different you know, needs of the team, what they did in the offseason to address those needs, where the holes still are left, what is the long-term, you know, position. Because even with some of these drafts, you know, you're not just drafting for this year. So you got to see, like, what, okay, what contracts are going to be off the books? Who are they trying to move around in certain positions, you know? So with all that being said, uh, I have my mock draft 1.0. All right. Sounds good. Here. All right. So we'll start off with the number one pick. And, you know, you know, with Trent Baalke's with the number one pick, you honestly never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and I've been hearing that Matt can attest to this, like to better than anybody else, that he loves his DNs and he loves the speedy, athletic, look like a difference maker on the field, and like the Alden Smiths and everybody else. And that year, this year's person like that is Trayvon Walker. So I have the Jags going with him at number one. Oof. And that is a big, like, uh, change from what you might have heard a couple months ago where Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson were guaranteed number one picks but even now if you looked at the betting odds Trayvon Walker is number, the, the best betting odds for the number one pick so I think with Balky you know you just look at his past you know drafting history who he went out and got stuff like that it's just you know I think the D-line is the biggest like need for the Jags right now because they did address their O-line by franchise tagging Cam Robinson. So it doesn't really make sense to go to tackle at number one. But, you know, I think Trayvon Walker is going to be that number one pick for them. Man, that is we're spicy from the first overall pick. I, I, I mean, that. I think it's still definitely a defensive end, but definitely not Walker. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, these are not the picks I would make if I were the GMs in these in these like positions. These are more based off what I think is going to happen. And uh, I would have gone Aiden Hutchison at one because I think he is the most ready-to-go mm-hmm. sound DN in the draft this year. And if it wasn't going to be him, I would have gone Kayvon because he has the upside and the skill. But I think the Jaguars are just something like this is definitely capable of happening. I mean, Matt, I mean you know, you know how it is, right? <laughs> I do know how it is. I would have said if I was Trent Baalke, I would have, uh, you know, what he did with us is that he always drafted the Oregon defensive end. And little though you know, look, there's an Oregon defensive end right there. Mm-hmm. So I would have mocked probably Kayvon Thibodeau. But I do agree that uh, Trevon Walker, I've seen the betting odds. It's shifted to him being the number one overall pick. And usually when it gets closer to the, you know, Thursday, you see that, you know, the, the betting picture odds gets to get lie. a little clearer. Yeah. And also, what are you lying for in the first place, Jacksonville? You have the first overall pick. You literally right. control the board. So I don't know why, you know, whatever. They do their smoke screens. And, uh, you know, Walker is incredibly athletic. I've, you know, he's played on that 
incredible Georgia defensive line. So, you know, he was just one of the many stars there. He doesn't have as much production as Hutchinson, but, you know, he has a lot more positional versatility. He was able to line up around everywhere on the defensive line. So it is a very interesting pick for the Jaguars who were, yeah, and they were one of the worst pass rushers um, last year. So it does make sense. They needed a defensive end. Just not the one we expected, though. So with the yeah. second overall pick, what happens there? I think the the Michigan man stays in the state and goes to Detroit. Maiden Hutchinson oh, yeah. goes to number two pick. You know, I think this just makes the most sense. He is the best player, like, prospect coming out right now. You know, he's ready to go. He'll then make an impact for them right away. And I think he just fits the the – what they got going in Detroit. He just seems like a perfect guy for their head coach, uh, Dan Campbell. You know, they needed, they need pass rushers. They don't really got anything on defense right now. I mean, obviously they, they probably need wise. They really need a quarterback, but I just don't see them as a team to address them that this year. I think they like Goff, and Goff kind of buys into everything like Dan Campbell. I think that's what they're trying to go for. And I think he's a great guy and he'll fit their system. And he should have been the number one pick, but I think he, you know, you know, Jags are so they'll take. <laughs> there should Trayvon Walker at one, and Aiden Hutchinson goes at two. Oh man, you guys have it mixed up. I have Aiden first, Kayvon, with the the, the Lions, and then Trayvon. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I gotta go with the sure pick. I would I, hope that the Jaguars finally make a smart decision for once. No. <laughs> Yeah, like Not I said, yeah, I would I would definitely agree with you, uh, Gav, on that ranking there. I would definitely put Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and then Walker. But I think the, you know, because he's still available, Aiden Hutchinson gets taken as DN number two. But <sighs> he is DN number one in the class. All right. All right. You know. Does anyone, has anyone else watched Blue Mountain State? Yeah, I watch. I watch a few episodes, yeah. Does anyone rem- remind like Aiden Hutchinson remind you of Thad Castle? Like, <laughs> literally every every time I look. see him, <laughs> every time I see Aiden Hutchinson's face, I I look I think it's Thad Castle, like the real Thad Castle playing at Michigan, <laughs> and it's amazing. And I really want him to succeed, and I really hope he goes back to his hometown, Michigan. You know, stays in Michigan, and. I would hope that the Lions get a guy like him because they need something on that franchise and mm-hmm. hopefully he can be a leader there. And I feel like they're not really like, it sounds crazy to think, but they don't want like a project player. They want a player that's going to be ready to go and, you know, make an impact on their team. With that's the number two pick. Yeah, exactly. On their name. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we'll go into the next pick, Texans number three pick. Um, you know, they basically could use any position. I think they're going to go O-tackle. You know, that's probably the safest pick. And from here, you know, you got a bunch of good guys. You got Evan Neal from Alabama, who is, you know, if you've seen him in person or pictures of him in person, he is an absolute mammoth of a human being. And then there's Charles Cross from Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Sorry. And then uh, he's really good. But I think I have the Texans going with Ika Maquanu from North Carolina State. He's the best pass-protecting tackle in this draft. And, I mean, honestly, with tackles, as long as, you know, I think when you go one of those three, you really can't go wrong. So I think as a, te- as a Texans pick, it's going to be a tackle. And which one is their preference or which one is their tackle number one, I, you know, I can't really tell you. But at least for me, I got Quanu as number one. So I have him going number three to the Texans. Yep. And the three most valuable positions are, of course, quarterback, 
left tackle and defensive end. You got two defensive ends already off the board and not really a quarterback that you really like in this draft. Plus you got Davis Mills. So Yeah, you know. yeah, give him give protect the man, you know, guys see what he's, he can do. And if it doesn't work with Davis Mills, it's never bad having a franchise left tackle and then you have Larry Larry Tumsel, you have just two tackle spots set. You know, your offensive line is good for whatever your next step is and that's what you kinda gotta build for. I mean, only other argument that could be made here is for Kayvon, but you know, I just feel like uh they could go that way, but I just feel like you know they want to protect. They want to give Davis Mills the best chance to succeed, and that goes with getting him a tackle and really shoring up that O line. Do you really think though Davis Mills is their answer though? No, but I think they're gonna give him a fair shot to like prove himself. I would rather. I, mean, they don't I have would really like him. to see it. Well, yeah. okay, I mean, I, sure, fine. General I mean, Mills, let's go. <laughs> they don't have anything else right now, so I mean. Like they can't overdraft on like a quarterback or something be- just because there's uncertainty at the quarterback position, you know. I think that's the worst thing to do. I'd like to set an identity on one side of the ball, maybe just defense, you know. Try to do that. Yeah, I mean they don't really have shit going on defense, so I don't know if one yeah. player is gonna make the most difference there. Well, yeah, I know, but just like. Okay. I think they got multiple picks in the uh, first round, so maybe they'll go back to it. I think. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens when we get to their pick. Uh, and then at four, I got the Oregon DN going to Robert Sala's defense. And I think this is, you know, this makes the most sense. Kayvon Thibodeau, he's still available. And I think people have him, you know, I've seen a lot of mocks where he's been sliding out the top five. And I just don't see a world where that's possible. I think the upside with the, a DN like him is just, it's through the roof, you know. And too much. This I feel like... The, for what their needs are right now, I don't know what else they would want to get at four. It just for me personally doesn't make sense to take a receiver at four. Where in this draft class, there's no one receiver that's Jamar Chase or something, you know, or Jalen Waddle for even that point. There's no one like that. You where you're just like that guy's number one or two. Like I would take him. I think in this year's draft class, there's just four or five guys are all just you know around the same level. They're really good, but I wouldn't take them at four. And Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be someone that's going to fit Robert Sala's, you know, defense. He's going to take that Nick Bosa role, and I think he's going to really succeed there. All right, sounds good. They need some defensive identity. I think they were one of the worst defenses last year as well, even under Robert Sala. Yeah, Dude, they gave I, up. I definitely. They were ranked thirtieth in passing, bro. They're going to take a. Cor- <laughs> they're going to take a cornerback. Sauce, come on now. I, I can don't... see Sauce. I can see Sauce here, but I just feel like. You know, they had no pass rush, and that's one way to get your pass your pass uh, defense better is to get to the quarterback too. So I we don't can know. all that's true. we can all agree that's going to be a defensive player. Though they have to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think, like I said, I don't think going receiver when you got like Sauce or Derek Stingley or Kayvon still available for even that point, Kyle Hamilton still available. I'd go those guys before I go any of those receivers. They could give it for Debo. I'm open to it. <laughs> no, okay. No, okay. You're just you're just reaching. Right. You're praying. How about the four and the ten, Matt? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Let's go it. Lock it, <laughs> ship it. That's done. Yeah. Back your bags, Debo. Yeah, we'll see about that. I don't think we'll be seeing the Niners at the four pick this year. But Damn. <laughs> it's okay. Uh we'll go into the next pick, which is the first of the two Giants picks. Uh with the first pick, you know, Ikum Kwanu's already gone and now they got their choice between Cross and Neil. I think they'll take Neil. I think 
you know, they picked uh, what's the Georgia tackle last year. And now just like the same thing, situation with the Texans, you just want to shore up your O-line. I think they're rocking out with Daniel Jones this year, which is pretty crazy. But, you know, never really had any good protection there. So if you're going to rock out with him or try to get a quarterback next year in this draft, you want to have O-line for them. Same thing, like I said, with the Texans. You don't want to just bring in rookie quarterbacks with no O-line just so, just so they fail. So they go. I got them going Evan Neal. Uh, he's like I say, he's a human. He's like six seven. He's an irregular human, to say the least. He's an athletic beast. He's just a little slow on his feet, which you know, it it can be it can be worked around. And I think that's a solid pick for them. I agree with you. Finally, let's go. Hey, thank All you, right. Gav. Show us the sixth pick overall because okay, okay. Carolina used to be the sixth pick, but it seems like there has been something different. Yeah, I've been hearing really recently that the uh, the Panthers really do want a quarterback this draft, but they just don't want to take it at six. Obviously, like I said, this is not the draft class to be really getting quarterbacks high, so they're going to trade down in my mock here. I have the Vikings trading up to six, and they'll be taking Derek Stingley. Um, I'm not... You know, the compensation exactly, I'm not going to, you know, tell you what exactly it is. It could be, you know, next year's draft pick or another late or second or third round pick this year. You know, whatever it is, I think something like this is definitely possible because when you're, I have the Vikings here down at 12 and, you know, they're not going to really get a selection at Sauce, Derek, Kyle, or some of these, Jermaine Johnson, some of these guys that are really like difference makers. And they're not a team that needs multiple players to like, fix their team they need one guy to go help or defensive players that are going to make an impact right away so i have them going to get one of their holes in their team in a corner and this is their choice between sauce and Derek. and i think they'll just go Derek stanley because he has a higher upside in my opinion but i don't think there's a wrong choice there between sauce or Derek stanley i think the main knock on stingley is that he looked like an all premier corner top five pick consensus a couple years ago and then Ever since his game tape has not been as great as it could have been, I mean, he's so also not been available. I think that's yeah. like the big thing. Like, if you, it's hard to you know draft someone in twenty twenty two based off twenty nineteen film. Exactly. I've, so it's hard to ascertain what his value is right now. Either way, Sauce that where Sauce didn't give up a TD pass touchdown. I mean, he did. He did play at Cincinnati. Well, okay. and, yeah. <laughs> where 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 Derek played against Derek played in LSU. Uh, there goes the interview with Sauce. And I'm trying yeah. to get this guy on, dude. Just stop putting him down, G. Well, maybe if we put him down enough, then he'll like want to come to our uh, podcast oh, and oh, prove us wrong and argue okay, with us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. You're hearing the sauce. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the Vikings, like I said, are an unlikely trade-up candidate. And it's not like their pick is too far back. They're a 12 pick. They could trade up with some of these teams that are looking to get just an extra pick or two. So, yeah, I see that happening. And just, you know, Gav, you can hold your horses with the seventh pick. I do have sauce going, no, I know, going to I the know. Giants. I saw that, but I'm... I get, Hey, I know it's a little later than most people would expect because, you know, I think a lot of people have him going for it or even with the Giants' first pick, five, uh... I just feel like, you know, the Giants know that they can get Stingley or Sauce, so they take their own lineman at five, and then they will just take whoever's left at seven. And if they have a choice between the two, they can take whoever. I'd have them taking Sauce here at seven. Uh, you know, he's he's didn't give up a touchdown. He gave up, like, one catch almost all season. He's basically holds his side of the field, and, you know, those type of corners are hard to find. Yeah. 
I love Sauce Gardner. I love how physical he is at the line of scrimmage. He is like, he's a little like Richard Sherman in his coverage abilities, where he just grabs mm-hmm. onto you, and he's got the frame to match it, basically. So, right. Like, yeah, I, I you get really definitely a good comp would be Richard Sherman. Yeah. I think I think the Giants, you know, if they leave here with Neil and Sauce in the first round, that's a successful draft for them. And their team is a lot better, but we'll see, you know, still probably crates around Daniel Jones and if he's going to be half decent at the quarterback position. <laughs> yep, that's always a mystery with uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones, but he has Brian Dable. Mm-hmm. He might have a new offensive lineman with him, yeah. and his defense is getting better. Right, and then I just want to mention, people might wonder why the Giants need a corner. I think they're also looking to trade James Batterbury due to his contract, and I think they have the least amount of cap right now, with almost like I think under two million dollars of cap. So they don't even have enough money to sign both their first-round picks right now. So I think for them, it's getting rid of Bradbury's contract and then being able to draft at five and seven, if not trade down from the seven pick if the there's the right team available. I just don't know if anybody else is really going to give up too much to trade up to that seven spot because I assume they would want a lot. It's fair. Because it's on the tail end, you're getting like a last pick, just getting forced into what you want. Not really, really right. what you want. If that's Sauce Gardner, that's okay with me. Well, yeah. personally. Honestly, dude, yeah. I was when I was when I was doing mock drafts like earlier today, dude. I honestly had the Giants with their seventh pick picking like a wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, dude. Honestly, just to spice things up a little bit, you know. I feel like this is the last time Daniel Jones will get a chance, especially if mm-hmm. I feel like they're with the the fifth pick. They have to take pick 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 a tackle, you know, mm-hmm. to give him a yeah. shot. And they've had enough of this. I've had Giants talk, Giants fans talk to me like, dude, I've had enough of Daniel Jones, dude. Although we haven't given <laughs> a good shot, you know. All right, this is the time. Get a tackle and give him a wide receiver who's hopefully gonna make it. No, they tried. The thing is, they tried that. No, they tried last Tony year. Yeah, see, no, right. I feel like I feel like with just because of the Tony project going so south, that drafting another receiver would just be such a like, I don't even know, like a waste of last year's pick that they just can't do it I for just, that matter. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. If I think it's Tony. because yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, fine. Well, that was a good good, point. good nice little Giants talk there. Yeah. Uh, give them a give <laughs> them we'll a go good. into our. Yeah, it will probably last time we'll talk about them this year. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, with the, yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the eighth pick, um, I have the Falcons, who also are very similar to a lot of these teams in the first first round, early first round. They could basically use whatever, anything. <laughs> and I have them going with the best available, and I think Kyle Hamilton is best available. I know people were scared of that unofficial 40 time of 5.47, but his official 40 time came back at 4.59 which is not the craziest. It's like half a sec or 1.1 second better. In reality, it's really not going to make a difference if it was a 4.7 or a 4.59. But for me, I've been a Kyle Hamilton fan, and I think he could be drafted a lot earlier than this. I just, you know, I think other teams are going to be scared to draft him, and Falcons kind of like with Pitts, you just kind of take whoever's best available at that time, who can make the biggest difference on your team. And last year they took Pitts on for the offense, and I think this is a very similar pick to that, where Hamilton's just kind of like a, a freak on the de- a defensive end. He can just do everything. He can, you know, he'd be a great safety for them. But if he needs to drop in the box, he can also do that. He tackles. He does everything because he's damn sure gonna have to do everything in the line of defense. <laughs> I mean, that's what I was thinking with this pick because you talk about Atlanta. Kyle Hamilton, by the way, yeah, he's huge. 
Like he's six four, I and wanna he, say. Yeah, two thirty. Crazy. He moves and he's like can play coverage, he's smart. He's got like the full football package. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Cam Chancellor with his physicality. Again, just that physical kind of specimen. He's huge. You can't throw over him basically. Go over the top of him because you're afraid he's gonna like he's gonna cover such a wide radius. But the only issue I have with it is because safeties don't typically get drafted in the first uh you know, top 10 because of their, you know, value as positional value, just like with tight ends, just like with running backs, you don't even see them in the first round anymore. So that's the only issue I have with this pick is that um, Kyle Hamilton, he might be amazing. He might be a Hall of Fame safety, but are you going to draft him, especially when you're Atlanta, when you need everything? But this right? is exactly why I drafted a tight end last year. No one drafts a tight end in the top 10. <laughs> oh, no, but, exactly. no, but Kyle Pitts was a different thing. He's like a monster. He can't... They expect- yeah, so is Kyle Hamilton. Uh, but, uh, but- and they're both named Kyle. Oh, yeah. You That's know so lit. Great. Kyle and Kyle, the, the two two irregular specimens. That's a fucking <laughs> that's a dominant force there. Crazy. And then they're going to cover each other in practice? Is that <laughs> no. how it's going to go? Yeah, damn near. Wow. Well, All right. Yeah, I, I think that's their pick for now. Um, I didn't think a few I've seen people taking receivers, but, I mean, you can always draft a receiver for any team, in my opinion, with where the NFL is headed. Um, and now I got the Seahawks doing the most Seahawks thing possible, and that's to draft the DN. And it's Jermaine <laughs> Johnson out of Florida State. Standard and he's gone. Standard, yeah, exactly. Pete Carroll, he's still there, so, you know, he wants to focus up on that defense. I don't think their offense really needs much. Maybe a couple, like a tackle or something. Maybe Charles Cross could be in here. I think that's really what it comes down to for them. It's either Jermaine Johnson or Charles Cross. And I think they just end up leaning towards defense because they don't really have anything on their D-line. I think their best D-lineman is Carlos Dunlap. And honestly, that just can't do it. You know, Even though they're a struggling team, it's just that's horrible. And he's kind of old. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, like with Pete Carroll, this is the most Pete Carroll thing to do, you know. I will argue, yes, Seattle is bottom 10 in pass rushing this uh, last year. They might need a defensive edge rusher. But, yeah, you can't really draft a defensive end in a top 10 pick like that when you need so much. But it is a very Pete Carroll pick, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never seen a more (laughs) typical uh, pick. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Come on. It's definitely yeah. broke. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They're just in a rebuild. Yeah. And then with the 10th pick here, um, I have this is where I have the Jets, the, their second pick. I have them trading out of this pick. I've heard a bunch of them trying to trade out of this 10th pick. And, I mean, this might be the Debo trade here, but that's not what I'm mocking here today because I'm not going to – I don't think they would end up giving up maybe this 10th pick. We'll see what happens with that. I can't project it, but I do have – the Saints trading up here and you might be like why would the Saints trade up here they have picks of 16 and 19 but I I feel like a lot of the good top tier wide receivers are going to be you know really gone by then and I just think that they would be able to get their number one here and it won't take too much to trade up from their 16 to the 10 so I have them trading up and getting Jameson Williams from Alabama and I think this is exactly what they need they just they're gonna have Michael Thomas come back they're gonna have Jameis come back and that kind of, you know, Jameis can throw. He can throw the hell out of the ball. Definitely. And Michael Thomas is going to be the short the short 
turn short and intermediate route guy. We know what he can do. He's a beast. But then you get Jamison Williams on the other side, who's a burner, who can really take the top off of defense. Like, I think that's just that type of dynamic on their offense is really what they need. And, you know, then you can really see if Jameis is their guy or if they're interested in drafting a rookie or something. I've heard that too. So, you know, where regardless of what they do, you know, this definitely allows them to, you know, run a full competent offense this year. I feel like it's a great pick, you know, um, a wide receiver, especially this one. I mean, uh, Jameis Winston, Jameson Williams. God, sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the Jets just keep the pick, you know. I, I'd rather see him on the Jets to give Zach Wilson somebody to throw to, you know, because they have a bunch of people, but, you know, nobody good. Don't you dare disrespect uh, Braxton Berrios like that. Nah, dude, what? what? Fantasy legend, uh, week 15, <laughs> waiver wild legend. Just for you, just for you. <laughs> I mean, I love the Jameson Williams picks, um, and the Saints should absolutely trade up for him. I do agree with Gav because I, um, because I don't know if the Jets would, if they knew that the Saints would get Jameson Williams, I don't know if they'd trade out of it. But I would agree that Jameson Williams is going to be a star just because of how electrifying he is as a wide receiver. He is like a home run hitter every time. He can outrace you basically, and then if you get the ball in his hands, he's going to, you know, boat race you out there. So he reminds me a little bit of Will Fuller. I know it's not the best comparison, Ew, to make, dude. but he's got that top end speed just like Will Fuller does. And I think he could be a lot better. Great. Honestly. Now he's going to be horrible because he just came off an ACL injury. So now <laughs> he's going to be just like Will Fuller. Always it. Oof. Great. <laughs> well, I hope that's not the case, especially if the Niners come in and uh, draft him, which I would not mind, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Um, I mean, that could definitely be a realistic thing if, you know, the Jets end up trading down this 10 pick for Debo. And then, you know, they got takes us to our 11 pick. Um, and the Commanders taking Garrett Wilson, pair him up with another Ohio State receiver and Terry McLaurin. You know, I think they're going to go all in on Carson Wentz, which is crazy oh, to say. But, you know, that's just they traded for him and they believe in him. So, you know, go grab him another weapon. And you got Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Garrett Wilson. And that's, you know, a pretty deadly combo but you know as long as they can figure out what they're going to do with that quarterback position if Carson Wentz is their guy or not you know I think they're going to rock out they'll have a great chance with the Garrett Wilson and you know that offense to win the division I think you know they'll be competing right with the Cowboys and the Eagles and stuff like that so this is a great difference maker for them too I think this puts them over the edge finally have something although I wish they right. would get it together I don't think this is going to move the needle for them winning the division, but I do think that this would be a good pick for the Commanders because I just can't believe in Carson Wentz. But you got to give him the support. Right. Yeah. I mean, do I believe in Carson Wentz? Absolutely not. <laughs> but that takes us to the number 12 pick. This is where the Panthers traded down to. You know, like I said earlier, I think they're going to take the quarterback because doing your coach and your GM's job is online. You kind of do things like this. You make a desperate decision to – draft early on a quarterback even though they traded back a little bit i they have them taking kenny pickett um out Ooh. of pittsburgh and all right and i just feel like you know matt rule recruited him and i've heard a lot about how i think david tempers from pittsburgh too he went there so it's just kind of like the connection and they really like what he can do how, how he's probably the most like ready to go prospect like malik willis is great but that's probably going to be if the panthers drafted him someone that the next regime gets to work with 
not really a rule because he's probably not going to be playing that much or shouldn't be playing that much this year. And then, you know, that allows them to try to be competent, but I still end up thinking we will probably get fired. <laughs> That's fair. I mean... <laughs> uh, the Panthers want another... Still fired. <laughs> the Panthers still... They want another... Uh... What's his name? Oh, my God. Sam Darnold. No, not Sam Darnold. The other one. The... the... Cam Newton? Cam Newton. They own another Cam Newton, dude. Malik Willis. Come on now. Ah, no, no, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I mean, I could. I didn't think that you... I was going to ask you about Pickett over Willis because I think Willis was going to be the bigger, uh, the better draft prospect, but it does make sense about the draft connection there with Tepper from Pittsburgh and whatnot. Like, I didn't see that at first. And, like, Kenny Pickett's not a bad He's not a bad prospect. He just doesn't have the upside like you're not gonna change your franchise over him yeah and i think that he could make it as a starter in this league he has he has the athletic profile right he's 63 220 pounds like a small hand he has a like he has a good like frame and size and he can he he's very athletic you know we've we all saw that fake uh slide he did you know like he knows how to run the ball he can throw it really well he's got a very compact motion he doesn't waste any uh you know like he doesn't waste anything with that, but mm-hmm. I think the biggest issue is you know we all make fun of the small hands, but that is important mm-hmm. when it comes to like a quarterback right. because it it matters for fumbles right when you can't hold on to the ball. That's what Jared Goff like he turns the ball over so much because of his small hands because people are always able to strip him, and like that's the same thing that's gonna play Kenny Pickett, and I think that's also like his decision making needs to be a little bit better, so. You know, I think that it's a start for the Panthers. I think you can't roll out Sam Darnold again for a yeah. second year. Like if you roll out Darnold, else. if you roll out Darnold with nothing else, you might as well kiss your job goodbye. Yeah. So Matt Rule needs to fight for his job here. So I do agree with Kenny Pickett. Well, I do agree with the quarterback, but I'm not sure about Kenny Pickett. But I think that it's definitely an option. I think. He, and well, yeah. go ahead, finish your thought. Sorry. Oh, well, I wanted to bring in the quote from Nando when he saw the production notes for today. Um, (laughs) And he saw Kenny Pickett on the uh, board (laughs) to the Panthers. He said, I'd rather die than kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I think that G chose Kenny Pickett to be picked by the Panthers just because he wanted to save Malik Willis for the Steelers. Man, I agree. I mean, Speak I, on I, it. I, little Speak bit, on it, a little G. Bit, a little bit has a little bit of me does have that, you know, part of it. But I honestly don't think they're gonna. It doesn't make sense for Rule to go after and the GM to go after Willis if he's not gonna be ready to play. I think that's a big thing when it comes to quarterbacks. You know, like just if you have like your job secure or something, you you like you're Shanahan. You can you could take Lance and sit him for a year and not have to worry about anything. You know. But mm-hmm. I don't think he gets the same luxury Matt Rule to like that that you know. That's Do you fair. think Matt Rule is really on the hot seat though? Even though no, yeah, oh, he's oh, Matt Rule is, Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a it's a wonder if he was fired once he hired Ben McAdoo this year as his okay, offensive well, coordinator. Yeah, can't, I can't argue. When I saw that move, I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, that's crazy. And then we'll move on to our next pick. Is it the thirteenth pick, which is? The Cleveland pick that got sent to Houston will now be sent to Pittsburgh. Um, I think Pittsburgh sees, you know, I think originally they're going in with the mindset that if no one else drafts a quarterback before us, we're kind of like trying to, you know, wait for one at 20. But, you know, they see Pickett Gills at 12. They're like, okay, we got to make our move. 
they trade back with the te uh, the Texans. You know, definitely the team that just looking for as many players as possible. So you get an extra couple draft picks there to trade back to 20 from 13. Not the biggest drop off either. So obviously with the Steelers here at 13, they're going to go Malik Willis. And I think he's not like like I said, he, Mike Hallman has the luxury to sit a quarterback for a year. So that's why it makes more sense, in my opinion, for them to go after him. You know, they said they loved him off throughout this whole offseason, basically. So there's no reason for them not to take him. And um, I think people keep saying that Pickett's their guy, but I'm not. I don't believe that at all. I don't think that Mike Tomlin's going to, if he has a choice between the two, is taking Pickett over Willis. I think it's Team Malik Willis the whole way. And especially because he knows that he can develop him and he already has, like, the, the personality traits and the work ethic that kind of fits the Steelers you know he's he just seems like a Steeler type of guy are you sure that's the Steeler type of guy or is that just what you want the Steeler type to be no I mean you know he he's he's a he's a good quarterback he's not the best prospect or right right as of now so he think he'll be sitting behind a year for Trubisky and then you know next year we'll roll out with him and be the dominant team that we were meant to be Okay. Um, you want to go first, Kev? No, no, it's fine. Go ahead, go ahead. All right. I mean, Malik Willis, I think he's the best quarterback in this class. Um, I think he possesses a lot of the same traits that Kenny Pickett does. Um, but at the same time, I think that he is just a lot more athletic, I think, than Pickett was. Like, he, he's got a bigger arm, I think, for sure. But he's also dual threat. He can go on the run. He can throw on the run. Um, and he's got, yeah, people speak bounds about his character and his leadership. And I think that he, if he's developed right, he could be one of the best, um, you know, well, I don't want to over-exaggerate, but I think he could be a really good quarterback. I think I see a lot of the same issues that he had um, at Liberty with Trey Lance and Josh Allen, also two quarterbacks that came from small schools, in the fact that, you know, he needs to just learn to take the short gains of the big ones and yeah. like sometimes he's a little bit arrogant with his arm he tries to throw too far and it gets picked off when there's an easy like out route or like someone down open in the flat right so that accuracy is like accuracy is a little bit of an issue he needs to trust his guys and not make the big play every time he needs to be more of a game manager and that's what you kind of need to do like that's why you sit for a year and i think cool. that Pittsburgh can definitely afford him the time to kind of sit. Trubisky is definitely a good mentor, probably, hopefully, you I know, hope so. to teach him that kind of stuff. If he wants to keep so. his damn job, you got to fucking learn how to be. <laughs> <laughs> if he wants to keep his job, he'd, uh, he'd trash him. He'd uh, sabotage him. <laughs> then they have to rely on him. But yeah, I think that Malik Willis, you know, he he's in that Trey Lance, Josh Allen mold of he needs to, like, develop his um kind of short game a little bit more but i think that in terms of build he's kind of like jalen hurts honestly and in mobility as well so it's, but i think he has the arm the cannon of like a Ch lancer and allen so it's just how he's going to use it 100 agree. i think it's a great pick for i for the steelers honestly just let him sit i, I agree with everything you guys said honestly that's why i had to just be quiet it's just I just don't want the Steelers to win. Sorry, I don't want them to be. You just good. want us to have another better quarterback than you. No, guys. you guys won't. Obviously, I mean this guy is like a worse Jalen Hurts, but you know, 
Oh, good for okay. you. Go ahead and take it. That's good. To, that's good to know. That's good to know. Keep mid. What happens when uh? What happens when Pickett gets drafted by the Steelers and then Willis goes to the Panthers? Ooh. And then I'm a fucking. I will come back here, be crying, and I will <laughs> be heartbroken. <laughs> He's gonna have the the, the the Gab experience from last year. It's just gonna be great. The my opinion. <laughs> in my opinion. I don't think Kenny Pickett is a first round quarterback. Ooh, uh, ooh, I would right. not. I would not draft him if they say. Like Willis goes at six or in this mock at twelve at the Panthers pick and the Steelers are left there at twenty, I would just you know, I wouldn't trade up, I would just stay in my spot, take whoever's best available and just move on with my day and not draft a quarterback this year. Yeah, just I would ride the it. Trubisky experience. Yeah, man. Right as well. Oh boy. I just don't think the quarterback right. that great that you can like lift your team up, you know. There's no reason to get stuck with the average quarterback just because you think you need a quarterback. Yeah. Seriously. Like Mac Jones, but all right, that takes us to our Ouch. that takes us to our fourteenth pick, um, and I have our arch rivals of Baltimore Ravens taking Jordan Davis out of Georgia, and you know if you watched the combine at all or even heard anything about him, then you must have heard about Jordan Davis. He's an absolute you know freak unit, but just a freak of nature. Best way to put it, he can do almost everything, uh, but he just didn't you know have the Such a opportunity in Georgia to be you know a four down or three down lineman so he was coming out a lot but he already has a run stuffing ability and you know the pass rushing ability will just naturally come to him while he, as he plays more third downs and he won't be like the main focus on that d-line but you know they definitely do need some d-line help there Calais Campbell is getting pretty old and you know I'm not sure who else they even have out there other than Calais Campbell so you know, pair him up with Jordan Davis. You got that inside run stuffing absolutely secured. And, you know, you just got to work on getting some pass rushers. But that's a great start with Jordan Davis. Sounds good. Another Georgia defensive lineman. Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of Georgia guys going here. Seriously. It's stacked. Yeah, stacked defense. And then, you know, speaking of Georgia defensive players, I got the number 15 pick. I got N'Kobe Dean. Going to the Eagles, you know, the Eagles have been lacking a linebacker for almost as long as I can remember. They haven't had a good middle linebacker since, like, Jordan Hicks, I think, for had a good year with them. So this is about time they go out and get their guy at linebacker who can, you know, do everything. N'Kobe Dean's, you know, if you watch another player, if you watch the Georgia defense or watch the Scott Combine or anything that has – anything to do with Georgia you've seen him popping off your screen you know he makes plays on uh, all three levels which is hard to find for some a linebacker where you usually out of college or not usually getting the full game which whereas N'Kobe Dean's gonna be coming in there and making straight plays for the Eagles right away yep and N'Kobe Dean he defines what a bulldog is basically he's just that energetic kind of hype guy and you know he's a little undersized he's like i think 5 11 i want to say Mm -hmm. yeah breaking barely yeah but he's just he just flies off the screen he's got you know great speed for a linebacker and he's a great blitzer by the way that comes with the speed i think the issue though and that's something that philly has to cover because let's let's go rewind back to our fantasy football podcast we always said in our tight end starts of the week against the Eagles. Why? The Eagles were the worst against tight ends last year, right? And that comes with not having a good linebacker to cover them. What I'm concerned about with Dean is that he can't cover those tight ends because he's a little small, right? So you put him on a TJ Hawkinson or a George Kittle, like those huge guys like a Darren Waller, 
that's where I'm a little bit concerned about 15. I might switch so, for Devin Lloyd, dude. The bigger yeah. three. Yeah, and yeah I mean, I was, definitely, I was definitely choosing between the Hammer, uh, what's the guy you just named, Devin Lloyd. Yeah, and I, I just ended up picking Dean because I'm more of a fan of Dean. He's higher in my linebacking ranking. I would have him, obviously, as linebacker one, and then, you know, Lloyd as two. What but if you can, can't go wrong with him. Defense making him look good, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could say that about almost everybody on that defense then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly they all cancel yeah, each other right. out yeah they all should just not be drafted um, they're all yeah. too, they were all too good but I'm all it's okay the- save it for the second yeah they can all come to the second yeah. round i'm okay with that you're saying that because that's when you guys finally get to pick <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like that for the next couple of years sadly so, yeah great you know, happens. yeah well that takes us to our pick to the jets at 16 these guys were traded this pick with uh i'm think it was like the 10th and that was uh, the Saints. Yeah. So I have them now taking receiver here, just taking best available. There's still Olave, there's still and there's still Drake London. There's still you know a bunch of guys that you hear George Pickens, Traylon Burks. I have them going Drake London. Uh, Olave could have been a great pick here too because he's got the burner and you know Zach Wilson loves to throw a ball. But I just feel like for what they have, they have Elijah Moore and he's kind of like not a burner, but you know he fills that type of role where Drake London is just a a six, he's like six four, six he's five. Huge, he's dude. he's I was just a huge, big just body. a monster. He just gets up and catches the passes. Like you gotta throw it up to him. He's getting that shit. So I just feel like for the Jets, that's just a great pick. You can't go wrong with either him or Alave. But I have them going London here. As you know, UCSC Stan is a friend of the show. He was in our league last year, so we know a little bit about the USC players. He told me a little bit about Drake London. Again, he's this huge guy, um, 6'4", and he can ca- you throw a jump ball to him, he's going to catch it because Mike he's got the best kind of, yeah, he's got incredible jump ball abilities. But the only issue with him being so big in terms of height and kind of size is that you don't move well kind of with that frame, mm-hmm. right? So it's harder to separate. It's going to be harder for him to get off of uh, cornerbacks. That's why he has to be so good at jump balls and being able to come down with the catch. That's where I, I draw the comparison to Kenny Galladay in that respect because Kenny Galladay is this huge guy and he can come down with those contested 50-50 balls, but he does lack that separation. But I think that um, Drake London's a little bit more physical too, um, you know, after the catch. So it would be a very interesting kind of implementation for the offense for New York because, again, they got the same guy as Kyle Shanahan. They probably like yak guys too. So... I was eyeing him maybe as a Debo replacement, but I think that the Jets, if they don't get Debo, Drake London's a very good replacement or just a solution for their, you know, wide receiving woes. I don't know. I I, I had this pick going to the uh, Saints, and so this is a great pick for them too. Just to cover, you know, someone with Thompson, and they already have um, Thomas, I mean, goodness gracious. I I agree with them. Yeah, definitely. It's a great pick right here. Good spot for him. Yeah, I mean, the, the, my thing with that, my thing with the Jets Saints trade is the Jets are looking for tra- draft capital. Yeah, and the Saints are the Saints have extra draft capital, and you know their team that just kind of needs to go out and get their guy. Where the Jets can kind of like let the cards unfold and take an extra couple picks and just you know take who's there. And I, yeah, I like your interpretation. I like your your thought process on it all. I'm just saying, I yeah. wish the Jets would have picked earlier. In your scenario, mm-hmm. great, great, yeah. great lineup there. Thank you, thank you. 
And then that takes us to our 17th pick, and that's the Chargers. And just like last year, they got an amazing tackle that just falls to them. Last year is Slater. This year it's Charles Cross, and he's an amazing pass protector. He's, you know, he's a starter day one. He's won the top three. He did end up falling. There's usually always a tackle that ends up falling or a great O-lineman that ends up falling. So this year is probably going to be Cross, or maybe this might be Iquanu from earlier. See, the order of tackles is really a preference on team but i think the chargers just end up taking best available tackle here unless those top three are taken and then they might look at the cornerback position um there's still some great corners left so i think you know in my mock there's still a great tackle left and that's a more of a pressing need just because you know they got slater on one side now if you can just you know put cross on the other you're kind of set there and you now you got almost all your pieces because you know you could use a corner but they did draft asante samuel jr last year and he's you know started playing better so i think they have something going there where you could if you get the other tackle position justin herbert can probably just light up light up teams plus they got jc jackson so you know oh, they spend oh a lot man of i forgot corner. about it i was gonna say i would have chosen a corner but a tackle is great now i forgot they have oh my baby <laughs> god dang it dude Chargers are looking so nice this year. I hate it, dude. Shout out to my boy uh, Jamar. Yeah, good for you. Cross and Slater, crazy. Oh, that God, is absolutely disgusting. I mean, is at that point where the Hater team is, they just draft anybody, and it's gonna look over like OP. You know, like you're like Jesus, this team is just so stacked because it really is. And wouldn't you think I feel they feel like playoff just... cont- like championship contenders next year already? Yeah, they have to be. You have to win when you got Herbert on their rookie contract with all these guys. Mm. That's very true. Man. Yeah, and that takes us to our 18th pick. That is a division rival of these Chargers. And you might be like, wait, they don't draft here. The Chiefs here are 18. I got them trading up uh, with the Eagles. Um, you know, this is kind of uh, kind of makes sense if you think about how the Eagles already traded out one of their first-round picks with the Saints this year. Mm-hmm. And they'd be definitely looking to willing me to trade back again this draft. They're not the biggest into this draft. I've heard that they're more looking into the next year. So I see the Chiefs giving them one in their late round first and maybe another pick next year, maybe like a second for next year's draft. So they can come up and then get their Tyreek Hill replacement, Chris Olave, you know, who ended up becoming the wide receiver four in this draft. But like I said, these receivers are all of like really talented in their own ways. But Olave fits the Chiefs system. And, you know, I see the Chiefs here think, see that they're, you know, guys are slipping, but they – and there's a few teams that are coming up that could probably pick a, a wide receiver like the Texans or the Packers or the Patriots. So you really got to, you know, jump jump the gun there. And they go up to 18 with the Eagles and get Olave. So mm-hmm. they use some of that. Yeah. He just makes so much sense in that offense. Yeah, he's a deep pass. He stretches the deep defense deep. So, you know. God. And he's fast, too. God, you're trying to make them go back to back and get – just trying to cut. Like yeah, I never they, lost. They, to, uh, to I mean, the Chiefs have always been good about being more proactive than reactive. So I think yeah. they definitely want want to wait till twenty nine or thirty when I think they're both picks are to get a wide receiver. When you got what they got a first, a second, a third, a fourth, basically all that shit for Tyree Kill. So you might as well use some of it and get the receiver you really want. And I think either Olave. I don't really see them as a team for Drake London necessarily but maybe uh more of like a you know wilson or Will- williams yeah. if those guys are available they can also be taken here it needs to be a big player a big like fast and 
Right, exactly. They just need someone that's going to catch a 60-yard pass from him. You really want you want Juju to do it? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I don't think he gets it done. <laughs> <laughs> or MVS. Oh, man. Is MVS there? Yeah, he's there. Oh, my gosh. Hey, what a, come on, man. Miko Harmon, bro. This is a elite. <laughs> what a elite fucking receiving core. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need a receiver. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. All right. And then uh, at 19 here, we have the uh, Saints with their second pick this draft. Um, you know, I've heard that this could be Matt Corral. So look out for that. Uh, this is definitely where they could be taken. I just don't end up thinking that he has a first round grade. So they want to spend a 19 on him. They think that's overdrafting. So they just go tackle to replace, uh, I think it was Ramcheck that left or no, right? I think it was uh, or Armstead. Yeah. Toronto yeah. Armstead that left. They take Bernard Raynham from central Michigan. Pretty simple. Fills the lead. They need to tackle. They got the receiver earlier. Quarterback doesn't make sense here. Not really else. Than, nothing else they need. That takes us to 20, which is the Texans. This is the pick they traded with the Steelers. They just take best available. And I think they need a corner really badly. And they need some defensive help. They got the tackle earlier this draft. Um, they could be a receiver pick here. But because they went tackle, I don't think they're going to spend all their draft capital. Or at least their high draft capital on offense. So maybe they'll be like a second or third round wide receiver team. But in the second the second first round pick, I haven't won Trent McDuffie from Washington. Great corner. Probably not as obviously not on the same level as the other two guys, but you know he definitely is a solid corner and starts right away for them. And then this takes us to the Patriots at 21. They've definitely <laughs> got screwed out of the wide receiver competition. Seriously, there. man, why'd you have to put that bad juju? That's that's all I ever want, right, Matt? I think I tell you this all the time when we were. I mean, you could have I mean, all of yeah. them available, and you guys aren't going to pick them. No, honestly. Like, so why? I just feel like you guys can. You guys are better at draft the defense, so I have you guys going George Karloftis. <laughs> Dude, honestly, I feel like you. I like it. Talk to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you guys need help on the on the edge there. Facts. Uh, ever since Judon left, I feel like you guys haven't really truly replaced that position. And then. Yeah, no, you do still there. there. No, sorry, Jones. Sorry, so Chandler Jones left. You guys haven't. Yeah, you guys try to get Judon to replace that, but it wasn't. Uh, it's not I don't all think we it's need. the fit. And if you they put Karloftis on the other side, alongside Judon, it definitely makes their front seven a lot better. Yeah. And, you know, I, was I don't think they're going to overdraft on a receiver. And I honestly would have just avoided <sighs> drafting receiver for oh, them no, because no. they're terrible at it. I would I would want a wide receiver. I don't really care. Just give Mac Jones something <laughs> a little bit, you know. I was hoping that we would trade up for Williams, you know, get that Bama boys. But, you know, it is what it is, really. I'll take I'll take George, dude. I was watching this film of him, dude. He looks beast, bro. Little, he's an absolute yeah, unit. unit. And he dropped this far. Yeah, I'll take it, dude. Honestly. Mhm. And I definitely feel like for positional value and where you're getting him, it's like the most sensible. Yeah, most pick. sensible, just where we're at. I don't, I don't see us trading up or trading down. Well, maybe trading down, but if we can get another D, D, we're good. I like it. Yeah, and he's a starter right away for you guys. And, you know, Bill Belichick will definitely love where how you can use him versatile. You can step inside and play, and you can still stay on the outside and be an edge in a 4-3 or a 3-4. Yeah, whatever. And that's the, that's the type of stuff you want to see with Bill Belichick on defenses. Yeah, because honestly, our defense was the only thing keeping us. We were getting clapped by the Bills, bro. Come on now. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, the offense wasn't putting up many points, but the defense wasn't getting any it stops was, either. No, so. it wasn't looking good. So I like it. Thank you. Thank you, G, for gifting us such a great pick. Yeah, man. Anytime, just tell Bill if he wants to hire me as a GM. <laughs> hey, no. Okay, wait a minute. We got insider well, Steelers fan. No, I'll be a Pats fan, <laughs> man. Bet. Really? Maybe. But uh, next two picks, we've got the, the Packers and the Cardinals, and I have them both going O-linemen. I got the Packers going Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. He's definitely like the Creed Humphrey of this draft. If you guys remember last year, the Chiefs mm-hmm. took Creed Humphrey in the end of the first, and Linderbaum can probably fall to the Packers' second pick at 28, and they could probably go receiver here, but... I have it going vice versa. I have them going center here and just securing him because there's teams after them that could probably use the center. And Tyler Lindebaum is a, he's going to be the one guy that out of this draft class that might get the most Pro Bowl nods just because he's just so good at his position, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, you won't be surprised, like, you know, if he's, you know, a starter and a great center right away. And yeah, that's I think Aaron Rodgers already lost his mind. Sorry. You know, yeah, he's he definitely a- has. Yeah, he's uh, demanding the trade right now as we <laughs> speak. doesn't matter what the Packers do. Draft anybody, still not going to be good enough. <laughs> wow. But yeah, whatever. Guards for them. Good for you, Phil. Yeah. yeah, good for them, right? That's all they need. <laughs> they got to help out Aaron Rodgers with the very little wiggle room they have. So, And another team that has absolutely no wiggle room here is the Cardinals with the an issue of quarterback, I guess, now. And they got to figure that out. But a good way to keep them would be to protect them, which they can't seem to do any other year. So they go guard Zion Johnson here. Uh, he's probably the number one guard coming out of this year um, out of Boston College. He's going to fill a hole for them right away, protect Kyler Murray. You know, something they got to learn how to do because he keeps getting hurt towards the second half of every year. So they got to learn how to protect him. Honestly, you probably got CT already, bro. Come on now. Look at the way you act. <laughs> That was bad. Yeah. Yeah, they got a bunch of problems, but this will solve one of many. I like and that takes us to 24 at the Cowboys, and they took linebacker last year, but Michael Parsons is so versatile to where, like, you could kind of use him as an X factor. This year, you go out and draft Devin Lloyd, which I have them getting, and now you can you can use Michael Parsons as you might as crazy as it sounds is more of a luxury instead of a necess- necessity. Now you want him off the edge. Yeah. Okay. You can go let him run half the game off the edge. Okay. You guys are getting cooked in the passing guard, moving back and we don't have to feel like you're forced to run Micah anywhere, which is kind of feel like they're going to be towards going towards next year. I feel like they're going to want to run him off the edge more because they lost Randy or Randy Gregory and he went to the Broncos. So they got that kind of gapping hole. So they did, they were missed out on, Karloftis, who could have ran that edge position for them. And I don't really have another edge that I would want to be take this high. So you can kind of run Micah edge. You take Devin Lloyd or, you know, you want to run both of them at linebacker. You know, they've had, they've seen before many years that they love having a strong linebacking core, especially because they're a 4-3 off, 4-3 defense. So, you know, I think Devin Lloyd would be a great pick for them. I just think he falls that far down. Yeah, I mean... That would be a steal for the Cowboys, which I'd hate. Yeah, but... too much of a steal, dude. Seriously. Yeah, definitely. I can see what you guys are saying. I mean, like you guys said, we talked about earlier, if this, if the 
you know, Devin or Nakobe Dingus taking, we take that pick and we switch it with Devin Lloyd here. You know, I definitely could see that happening too, where Eagles end up taking Lloyd earlier and this spot is Nakobe Dean and you pair him up with Michael Parsons, two guys that are just going to be flying around the field making plays. True. I still think that's a great pick for them. And the division rivals, they're going to terrorize the hell out of each other. And then the fans are going to be like, why didn't we pick N'Kobe Dean? Why didn't we pick Devin <laughs> Lloyd? Well, either way, the Eagles are probably going to... You know, the Eagles will find and take the worst one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that takes us to the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, they're going to... I have them taking cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. Just because he's the best available. And, you know, you could make an argument for maybe receiver or running back. But I think those are definitely things they can get solved in later rounds. Not because they don't really need a stars at those positions. But they definitely need, a, I feel like, a star at corner just to keep up with all the wide receiver talent that's in the AFC now. Uh, they can just kind of like, you know, really just lock down that corner and alongside Tredavious White. And now they got two guys that are physical in your face. And now you got to really have a good defense again. Josh Allen can, you know, do his thing on offense. I think that's a great pickup for them. I would, you know, I would just, I want, I would want the Bills to pick up a wide receiver just because like, like, like Burks, you know, out of Arkansas, just because it'd be, put them over the edge. You know, I I, I thought that um, taking Jamar Chase for the Bengals was a bad idea. Is it why would you want a, an offense to be more high powered? But it looks like they can carry you far and deep, especially with that ten up. I mean, that's very true. But I think the Bills have just, you know, many year after year, just getting cooked on defense when it matters the most. Yeah. So I think the best way to like kind of counteract that, I guess, would be to maybe just, you know, add more fire to the fire, like you said. But I would try to go out and stop a team or two by getting Andrew Booth. Yeah. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I t- kind of agree with Gav here. I think it's going to be either a wide receiver or a cornerback because I think that, yes, you did allow, you know, 14 seconds and you were <laughs> in the AFC championship. But, you know, it's like, but you also need another wide receiver. But hope maybe the Bills have more faith in Gabriel Davis based off of that performance in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So maybe they change their minds and they go cornerback because... You always go defensive firepower. But I do agree that there is a need at wide receivers. So we'll see. Yeah, and I think they could still address it later on in the draft. But I just feel like right now, like positional value, you're not going to find a corner later that can start for you. You'll be able to find a wide receiver later that starts. That's fair. Yeah. And that that takes us to the Titans at 26. I got them taking D-lineman D Devontae Wyatt. You know, He's very comparable to Jordan Davis. I mean, any anything you say for Jordan Davis, it can be same same said for Wyatt. I mean, he made him just in many plays, but he also he was just another rotational piece in that amazing D line and just studs everywhere. So I have the Titans, you know, just getting stronger on defense and. I think you could make an argument again for a receiver. A lot of teams can you can just say they could use a receiver because you know at this day and age in football, like I said, with the Bengals is the best example. They just double down on wide receiver. The Rams did it. They got OBJ when they already had two guys that were great, and then they got you know they got Allen Robinson this off season. So it's just I don't know. I feel like yeah, you could say that they could use a wide receiver, but they got Robert Woods and they got uh, AJ Brown obviously. So as long as he doesn't actually request a trade and leave they should be okay <laughs> wide receiver with Wyatt out here because I, with my 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 point was with the bills and like the Bengals, they're high-powered offenses so make it as high-powered as possible just be 
overpowering, you know. At least you have something to rely on. But with the, the Titans, you know, they're trash. Might as well have the defense be a, a saving grade. Yeah. I like it. I mean, last year their defense carried them. Yeah. So I feel like just just reinvest into it and, you know, make sure it is A1. And, you know, I you get Derrick Henry back and just hope that he stays healthy and carries you through, you know. Matt, are you I think early? Drafting who early? Henry? Yeah. I uh, will save that for the fantasy football preview. But I think that if Booth isn't taken bef- right before, I think that he probably goes to the Titans because the Titans have the worst, one of the worst pass defenses. <laughs> the only reason why they were saved was because their pass rush was so good at getting to the quarterback, they didn't get burned before, yeah. right? Because they got sacked. So it would like so it makes sense if you can't get the cornerback to just keep investing in that D line so that they get to them before they uh, even get the ball out. But if not, I think the cornerback is also a move that they should consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking corner for them, but there wasn't one that I really really liked there. And you know, I still see the need for another D lineman. Uh, that takes us to pick twenty seven, which is the Bucks. I got them filling in the guard that retired. I think it was Mark Bitright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so yeah now i got them taking kenyon green from texas a&m he's just a plug and play old lineman you know he's i think the second and third best guard in this draft and he'll be definitely a quality starter you I mean they don't need someone to you know, really change their o-line they already got that with tristan Wirfs, and you know they kind of got jensen back so you know they'll be okay and i think just they need one more piece on that O-line to have five quality starters because, you know, you don't want to have one position lacking. Tom Brady's not going to like that. And there's not really many other needs for them anywhere else on their team to where it doesn't make sense for them to, like, just not take an O-lineman. You just got to protect Tom Brady and you'll win. True. Exactly. It's been the, it's been the easiest recipe to success I've ever seen in the NFL. <laughs> so, yeah. And then that takes us to 28, which is always the hardest thing to figure out is the Green Bay Packers oh, no. and Aaron Rodgers. Like I said earlier, it's either it was either O-lineman and receiver. I took the O-lineman earlier, so here we'll take the wide receiver and another Georgia guy, George Finally, Pickens. Are we I George Pickens is my sleeper wide receiver of this year's draft and I don't have obviously have I haven't taken as a wide receiver 5 or 6, but I think that, you know, I think he's going to be you know, coming off the ACL strong and he's just so physical on the line of scrimmage and he's the dominating presence and he can do a lot of things other guys can do, but there's things that he does and no one else in this draft class can do. And I just, I think makes him, you know, separate from those guys. Cause you know, unlike the Georgia defense, the Georgia offense wasn't as great and there wasn't many playmakers and Pickens was the guy on offense for them. And I just feel like, uh, he can at pick 28 coming off the ACL if he recovers fine. It's a steal of a pick. Yeah, I mean, George Pickens, right? That's mm-hmm. his name, right? First wide receiver drafted by the Packers then in a very long time in the first round. Um, and you could see why he's 6'3", 195. He's a little lanky. He's not like, he doesn't have the build for a typical wide receiver, but he's huge. Um, he's very tall and he can play on the outside. And he's very good with his hands. Um, I think the only issue is that he does need to bulk up a little bit because he could get washed out by a lot more physical coverage. But I think that it's a very good start. They need a wide receiver on the outside because Devontae Adams is gone, not coming back. And you got Tanyan coming off a torn, you know, I think ACL, I want to say. Right. So 
they need something, and Aaron Jones can't be the only wide receiver on that team. So, <laughs> no, dude, don't wish that many. I don't like it, G. We gotta pray for the Packers' downfall. Let it happen. <laughs> we gotta pray for their downfall. <laughs> yeah, give them another like, I don't know, cornerback, dude. Don't give them maybe. That was that's Kevin King, pa- right? They yeah. did Kevin King last time. <laughs> yeah, I see. Oh, that's man. the most Packers thing to do. But yeah, you know, like I said, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep Aaron happy. So. I just got them going wide receiver. Okay. I think, you know, obviously it's I think it's time now to, you know, try to break the not drafting a wide receiver in the first round thing. Just, you know, stop being ignorant and just go draft a wide receiver and please <laughs> please the man. Do it for the guy, okay? If just do it for him. I feel bad, okay? I'll give that one. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I really thought about him or Traylon Burks here. Traylon Burks is really like a AJ Brown type of receiver, really a yak guy, and he's just—I mean, you can't go wrong with these receivers. Uh, but I ended up going Pickens. He's my sleeper of this draft, and now we got the Eagles at 29. This is the pick they traded with the Chiefs. I got them going best available defensive DB. They need uh, help in secondary. I got them going Lewis Seen from Georgia again. That's three Georgia players out of the last four picks. It's just the type of draft that they're gonna have this year. So. Uh, Lewisine, he's also if you watch any type of Scott Combine this year for the DBs, he was killing it out there in every drill and everything, and he was one he was only one of the guys who's available for everything. So I kind of you know means a lot. And you know end of the first round, this is where you kind of take safeties and get good value out of it. This you know when they traded back, they're probably gonna get a couple extra picks. Now they can take safety and not do it at 19 and feel like they're overdrafting. Now you're taking it at 29 instead, and you got a great starter day one. Yep. Again, they need help in the secondary, and you know you either cover your tight ends with linebackers, you cover them with safeties, so you get both. Right now you got two guys from Georgia, and both of them take swings at been helping you be the not last and garden tight ends i like that coordination all right yeah i'm be thinking about it a lot matt thanks for appreciating it <laughs> i appreciate it too though. of course <laughs> good thanks pick. yeah and this takes us to the chief's second pick at number 30 uh they already addressed wide receiver uh, there's not a D lineman that I really like for them or uh offensive line they kind of rebuild they don't need to get another weapon uh I, so I just go best defensive guy, or DB, Kyrie Elam. He's a corner out of Florida. He'll be, you know, he might be the most productive, but they lost Shaverius Ward. They lost, you know, Tyron Matthew. They replaced him with Justin Reed. But you still, even then, you probably want some more help in the secondary. Like, the same thing with the Bills. Like, this is obviously an arms race, but it can also be an arms race on the defensive end. It doesn't just need to be how many wide receivers you can get. I think this is kind of going to become a trend where teams are going to get more corners, you know, just to line them up against these wide receivers that teams are going to be bringing out. Mm-hmm. So great pick for them, I think. And, you know, he'll be a quality corner for them. Honestly, I could see I could see the um, Chiefs instead of picking um, what you said with the 18th pick, they picked uh, Chris Olaf. I, I could see them picking like a – like a – who, who did you have the corner near? Uh, Trent McDuffie. I can see them doing that there and then also having at the 30th picking a wide receiver. Yeah, because I feel okay. like... Okay, so have, kind of vice versa. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Pop it, just because they get better, a better corner, which is I think, mm-hmm. more urgent. And they do need 
to replace Tiberius Ward, especially when Devontae Adams is about to come into your division yeah. and play you twice a year. So definitely is an arms race on both sides. You said the Chargers, you know, they got J.C. Jackson, so the Chiefs need a big-time secondary player. Crazy enough, I feel like the Chiefs are, like, third in that division now. Mm. That's All a right. bold take. I will see about that hey. by the time time our predictions episode comes around so you'll have to stay tuned for the rest of those leaking information we <laughs> <laughs> know you got none of your picks are ever going to be the same oh, you wake ever. up tomorrow feeling completely different <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a patriots fan right now dude you know <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right i'm done i don't even want to go down this road i don't even want to go down this road all right let's go back to the last couple picks of the first round here we got the super bowl losers and the cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you know, they people still think they need O-line. I'm honestly not the biggest into that for them right now because there's nobody I really like. You kind of missed out on almost all the great startable O-linemen. You're kind of getting more of the project base, maybe not starters right away. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just avoid it completely and just go best available or maybe someone that you really think is going to, you know, be a difference maker. And that's kind of what I went for. Uh, I went for Arnold Ebiketti out of Penn State, and he's just a freak off at the end. But he is more of a project, and you know they got guys that are kind of like uh, more sound and more technical, and like Trey Hendrickson and stuff like that. But you put Ebiketti on the other side, and he's more of like an athletic freak. I think he's kind of like might give them like a little bit of juice is what they I would I would say maybe like you know be a spark and someone you put in and makes a play and you know you're kind of like damn that guy's make flashes a lot on my screen you know might not have the biggest like stat impact but he's quick he's gonna be getting off the edge he'll be making an impact for them and then you got Hendrickson and the rest of the D linemen to make more of the run stuffing it uh component of it so I think Evacetti would be good for them and then that takes us to the Lions with the last pick uh I actually you know really thought that they could go like wide receiver here but i want to be you know last pick in the first round i'm gonna go bold here i'm gonna have them trading out of this pick and i'm gonna have the falcons trading into the first round and drafting matt corral in the last pick of the first draft and you know this might be crazy but you got to remember this has happened before with lamar jackson the ravens traded back into the first to get lamar and at 32 and I don't think they're really doubting that pick right now. I would say that they, in reality, also enjoy that they have the fifth-round option on him because I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to be exercising because they haven't paid the man yet. So when you're drafting quarterbacks, that is something to consider. So I had the Falcons drafting back or getting back into the first round of the draft to get their quarterback. Uh, Matt Corral probably won't be the starter right away, but he is going to learn a lot from Marcus Mariota, who runs kind of a similar pro read, you know, just one read, two read, and then go. And, you know, Matt Corral is a little bit of an athlete, so I think it kind of all fits. You know, you don't need to start him right now. You got, you know, the team's rebuilding. Kind of let him sit, learn from Marcus, and then next year you can probably be asked again, get some more picks, and, you know, really be able to start him. Very spicy with that. Yeah, the last one, one was pretty I, big. Yeah, and I do agree. I mean, we saw that with Lamar Jackson, but also Teddy Bridgewater, I think, um, had that same thing where they traded right at the end and then they got him and they have the fifth-year option now. So that's always mm-hmm. a thing. So that is definitely a move that they can make because you don't see the demand for quarterbacks because maybe in the second round, like the people um, before the Falcons, they might not choose a quarterback, but that fifth 
your option. That's always something to consider. Yeah, it might not be the Falcons, but I definitely do see a team coming back into the, the end of the year to get it might be the Saints. It might be it might just be the Lions drafting here. You know, we'll see exactly what happens at this pick, but I definitely do see team coming back into the first late first round to take that pick and take a quarterback. Wow. And Treylon Burks falls to the second round. No way. That's yeah. why I'm like I kinda agree with what V is saying. You know, I remember the last 30, 32nd uh, wide receiver that was picked. It was uh, my boy. Um, <laughs> the freak is his name. This is how irrelevant. See, I'm not a Patriots fan anymore. It's because I don't remember. Nikhil Harry? Yeah, Nikhil Harry. He was picked 30. I thought you would know yeah. that. I knew yeah, that. No. Like, I, was I, like, I was like, <laughs> what's his name? What is his name? But yeah, I remember he got picked 32nd. I was like, what in the world, dude? Hey, now you got the fifth year option on him. <laughs> He's only twenty four years old. He's got a lot of potential. A lot of potential. Sure. Okay, dude, wasted. Could you I count? feel like he was drafted like era ago. <laughs> no, like, he feels like thirty years old in my eyes. Like who even is that guy? He's just so irrelevant now. Poor Harry. Poor Harry. Nice. Well, that does it for this entire 32 uh pick mock draft i think that there's a lot of things to like here yeah yeah we'll see man maybe espn will offer me a job and i mean, take sports counsel to espn after the mock draft goes 32 for 32 no mm, but the yeah. thing is though these uh, we've watched the draft nfl drafts dude they never do anything we expect okay never exactly there's always some weird stuff watch so watch the jaguars pick like yeah. a like a Oh, like, like pick a safety or something. I don't know. They pick Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That'd be hilarious. I'd be fun. I'd be laughing. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna... telling you, you never know what bulky, right? No, dude. That's yeah. Oh god, I can't. Wait. I love it. This Thursday. Though. I love that it's not. It's not on my team anymore, <laughs> so it's it's fine. I do feel bad for James, the Flames, Robinson, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, but everyone else, well. It's just really on them at this point. Chad Khan, you had your chance. No, I think Doug Peterson will have him getting looking right, though. Uh, uh, good enough. Better. Improved. It's hard to get worse. No, I know. <laughs> like Third straight year? Third straight year with the first overall pick? God, that would be so tragic. <laughs> they can't get... No. But even though I don't, no, yeah. yeah. Even though I hate Doug, and I really wish his down... I wish, pray for his downfall, you know? <laughs> Whatever. Can't do it. He's a good coach. No, he's not, dude. You know, he got lucky. He, he, got lucky he, beat, he won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. He got, he got lucky one time for the one time. Damn. Whatever. I wonder who that was against. <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to find out next time, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that will do it. Follow us on Twitter at Bay Council to stay up to date on the latest and greatest in sports takes, as well as find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon Music. And you can watch all of our previous episodes. You can catch up on the latest episodes that we drop weekly. Um, Let, us know what you think. You yeah. Let us know what you think about my pick for your favorite team. Am I crazy? Does it not make any sense? Or is I, think, I... I think there should have been more Niners picks, but... You know. <laughs> You say they, you could you're gonna you're gonna get four and ten, bro. I couldn't just mock it though, you know. Like it'd be crazy, but no, four and ten are coming your way, bro. No, I. You always do something crazy. The Patriots <laughs> definitely give you all of our picks just for uh, Debo, you know. All of those 
sixth and seventh rounders that we or was it seventh and eighth rounders that we got <laughs> you're stockpiling how, the entire seventh round <laughs> how All sick right. would you be bro if they traded him to the pats yeah how sad i don't i don't really care at that point like, <laughs> like if he's out of the conference that's okay if it's the patriots they're not as hateable i want to say you know without brady but what about gav so, isn't he hateable oh, yeah I'm, aren't i a despicable patriots fan it's okay you're the worst that's just being really graceful in the divorce you know it's it's very respectable yes very classy very classy people people come back (laughs) all right all right that'll do it see you guys later